Thank you for listening to the Forefront Church Podcast. We are a gospel-driven church in southwest Denver. Our focus is to help people find their way back to God. We do this through loving God, loving others, so that together we can change the world. The show is hosted by Drew Tarwater. I'm Rob Lazzi. And with us is a very special guest, Drew. We've got a very special guest with us. This is twice we've got to talk to this guy in the last four days, so it's exciting. <laughs> we've got Matt Jones with us here this evening. Matt, it's good to have you. Good evening. Thanks for having me back. In light of or in spite of what happened Sunday morning, so thanks for uh, letting me well, We be just here. had so many requests pour in to have you come back this <laughs> week. They're hoping you're going to preach again this Sunday. Well, no, we, we would rather hear you for sure. <laughs> well, if, well, if you missed it last week, you can go to the, go to the uh, forefront that forefrontchurch.tv or our YouTube page should be on there if you want to listen to what Matt had to say about Psalm 139. You can catch it on demand on our Facebook page as well. Right. Yeah, it was great to have you teaching us on Psalm 139. It was a a great, a great time and uh, it was a blessing to have you here, my friend. Appreciate it. It was great. Honored to be asked. So for those who don't know you as well, like what, what's your background in studying the Bible? How did you get to the point where you're a theology professor at CCE or Colorado Christian University? For yeah, it's actually a pretty long story, but I'll try to keep it brief. I uh, was a youth pastor for a few years, got my undergrad degree in Christian education from Bryan College. When I was a youth pastor for three, three and a half years and uh, enjoyed the students, but the parents were a challenge for me. Sounds <laughs> so, like coaching. That's right. And, you know, it, it uh, I'm one of those parents now, so uh, God bless uh, my kids' youth pastor. Uh, but <laughs> So went to uh, get my master's degree at uh, Dallas Theological Seminary, got my master's theology there and uh, with the focus on New Testament studies. And then moved out to Colorado uh, to work at Colorado Christian University and kind of did some affiliate teaching and decided, wow, this is really, teaching is where I think the Lord has me. And so I went and got my Ph.D. from Regent University uh, in, um, in theology uh, with a focus of New Testament studies. And in particular, uh, my primary area of focus is uh, biblical studies and in uh, the Gospels, studying the life of Jesus. So, uh, yeah, I get to teach full-time, and, and uh, by God's grace, whenever opportunities arise, go and speak at churches and, and do teachings as I can on those. That's awesome. Yeah, and, cool. my, and my wife says, go for it. Yeah, great. All right, <laughs> thanks. Very good. And you're a runner, too, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. I actually ran a half, half marathon this summer just to see if I could do it, and I made it, and uh, my knees hurt for a little while afterwards, and but... Did, I did it. Did you I, do it on a track or a course? I, I run on a track. Uh, I don't How mind the circles. It was, uh, what's what's 13 times four? <laughs> it's 52, how'd 52, you keep, and then a uh, quarter of a lap. How do you keep track of your 52 laps? Like, I would lose track. I'm like, I'm at 37. I'm at 41, actually. Yeah. <laughs> I, go, I go by fours, and I'm, I'm consistent enough to where I know, okay, this is about how long. So if I look down and I've gone too long or too short, no, I got one more lap. Or, oh, I, I did an extra lap there. I'll make up for it. So That's good. Yeah. Yeah, that's impressive. I, 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 love, I love being outside running, and if I, if I have time and money, golfing. See, running's free. Golf is not. So... <laughs> <laughs> Not until I can start getting Pastor Drew to take me. Right. That's right. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if there's any courses around here, but in Ohio there's a course that pastors could golf for free like Is on Tuesday right? mornings. We so gotta find we gotta find that. We need to find that course. <laughs> Drew. That's a really good. It's so funny, my youth pastor types like, Hey, every Tuesday it's like, Hey, you wanna go golfing? You wanna go golfing? <laughs> every Tuesday from eleven to twelve. That's it was it. Like, it was the first like early morning Tuesday, like they let pastors go. That's fine with me. Hey, I'll go as early as you let me right. if it's free. That yeah, is that's right. what they, that was yeah. their whole thing. It was like it was like, and it was like a, you couldn't get like a group of pastors together. 
you know, for a free breakfast or anything, but like, hey, free golf. It's like <laughs> everyone's like, oh, hey, there's Matt. I haven't seen That's Matt right. in a while. There's yeah. Drew. <laughs> Well, Matt, it's great to have you back on the podcast, and uh, not only do we like hanging out with you, but on Sunday, um, you brought a message from Psalm 139, and uh, just, man, what, what a fantastic message it was, but you, you brought up a topic that I think is so important for us, especially as Christians in today's day and age, um, is this idea of, of identity, and you, know, you talked about that we are, are fearfully and wonderfully made, so Rob and I just want to maybe uh, piggyback a little bit off of uh, what Sunday's topic was, and just dig a little deeper. I think this is something that's really interesting and so formational in, in the life of, of a Christian, especially, you know, as a theology professor, you see this, and, yeah. and you know, being in youth ministry as well, but high school, college-age kids, yep. you know, where you find your identity ends up creating a lot of direction in your life. Absolutely, yeah, and again, I think th- this passage is really foundational, uh, of, or at least builds upon the concept of, okay, we're creating the image of God. Well, what, what's that really mean? Uh, let's expand that a little bit. And, and God obviously is, has a character and priorities and, and purpose in what he does. And I think whenever we put kind of the pieces of what, not only what scripture says, but also 139, all right, uh, you form my inward parts. And we talked about how that was included, just your emotional element or, or your emotional makeup um, that um, he's fearfully and wonderfully made you. He's made you to be distinct, and he's given you that identity, not just in terms of your emotional, but also your physical. And so figuring out how to navigate with all the different messages that are out there in terms of, okay, it's okay to change your identity. Well, you know, I, I've got a conflict between how I feel and how I look physically. How do we navigate those things? I think Scripture would, would say, okay, there, there's... As I mentioned with the third point of the psalm is God's provident creation of you, right? Mm. And um, so I, I don't know how far we'll get into those things. I want to be really wise and sensitive with, with sure. navigating that. Um, but uh, uh, it just seems really clear, at least from Psalm 139, Ephesians 2, Exodus 4, they all communicate, okay, there's a reason why God made you the way he made you. Yes, Okay, let's figure out that identity yeah, and, and live in the freedom and joy of that. I mean, thank God that I'm not Rob Blasey, oh, right? Everyone's that. grateful. For right? That. <laughs> uh, uh, so, but on the other hand, thank God he's not me. <laughs> Everyone's <laughs> grateful for that, too. There you go. So, I mean, you know, it's just, ah, good grief. Uh, let's figure out who we are, who God created us. Because there's, there really is, there's so much joy and freedom in that, if you can learn to live in the freedom of that. Yeah, amen. So... So then, like, what are, like, um, some of the, the kind of what you talked about, too, is there, there's that free will aspect that came into it, too, a little bit, isn't there? Like, is that, am I overlooking that in 139 there, or is that, or it's like, is he? That doesn't seem, uh, <laughs> it's funny, that does not seem to be the emphasis in there. Okay. Um, but it is in there. Okay. okay. And, and I would really say that is one of the things that's drawn out in that last section that the perfect direction of God we have with, with David, he, he expresses some pretty uh, raw emotions and feelings there in 19 through 22. He says, oh, that you would slay the wicked, O God, O men of blood, depart, uh, O men of blood, depart from me. They speak against you with malicious intent. Your enemies take your name in vain. Do I not hate those who hate you, Lord, as he asked? And do I not loathe those who rise up against you? 
I mean, it, it's pretty clear here. David's expressing some raw emotions, some raw feelings, some even even some free will in terms of what, what do I do here? How do I handle this? How do I navigate this? Because I have some ways in which I want to express some of the things I'm feeling. And then, but he he closes with reminding where we started. Search me, O God. Know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any grievous way in me. I mean, there, if, if, if there's no free will, then you, why would he sense that he is doing or feeling or wanting to express things that are contrary to what God would want for him? Makes right? sense, yeah. Okay, and, and the question is, how will he act on, on those in light of God leading him in the everlasting way? Did yeah. you, do you think David knew Job? Because it sounds a lot like Job there in some of his... Yeah, there's there's some good question there. I, I think a lot of that has to do with um, uh, when Job is written, and so I would not know enough evidence to suggest whether or not that is 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 the, it was written prior to David's existence or not. I don't know. The time is set before David. Yeah. In terms of how the book is is set in its its timing. Mm -hmm. But in terms of when it is written, whether David unsure. knew about it, or is yeah. unsure. that's fair. But again, that that seems to be a pretty consistent. Uh, what I do know is different different uh, understandings and faith systems of how people interacted with God at the time. There are other um, stories that deal with the theodicy of how God interacts with people, and um, why there's human suffering in the world. And so if he was not familiar with Job, he's obviously not unfamiliar with interacting with God, dealing with suffering, because he's going to be familiar with Joseph, right? Yeah. Um, so if it's not Job, there's just too much evidence of, of, of him being aware of Joseph and Moses and the Exodus. Mm -hmm. So if not Job, uh, there just seems to be too many other um, uh, elements of content of what's in the Old Testament canon that he would have been exposed to. Okay, what do we do with suffering in the midst of God being good? Right. You know, to peel back the onion a little bit, Matt, I love what you talked about on Sunday of how um, we can find value in ourselves by knowing that we've been fearfully and wonderfully made, that God has made the unique elements to my uh, of me, that those were God's fingerprints on, on that design. And so talk a little bit about how that can open us up into freedom. I know you talked about that a little bit on Sunday, but seeing that, you know, these characteristics of myself that I may look negatively, negatively upon, um, I may not be, you know, as tall as another guy. I may not have as good enough hair as another guy. Uh, but yet I can <laughs> see that within that, you know, hey, God has his fingerprints on creating me. So we're, we're, how do we grasp the freedom in that? Yeah, I, I, I think it again, and if I'm being too basic, Drew, you just, you know, I know we want to peel back that onion, but just challenge me a little bit. I, I just say, okay, I look at myself and I say, all right, this is, this is how God made me. I, I would have loved to have curly hair. I mean, I just think... Or man, any hair. Yeah, or, <laughs> or, I, I mean, there's just things that I look at myself and I'm like, eh, I could wish for and waste time wishing that I was something or someone else. Or I can say, okay, this is the way God created me. While there are strengths and weaknesses with those things, I got to figure out, okay, how do I glorify God in the midst of those? So, for example, uh, are you familiar with Strengths Quest? Have you ever... 
Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Strengths Quest, MBT, all these personality tests that are out there, Enneagram, mm-hmm. right? Uh, I take those things and at least I come out of them thankful I have a personality. Um, <laughs> but uh, so, for example, Strengths Quest, one of my top strengths is being strategic, right? That, I could see that. That's a, that's a great thing. Yeah. However, and, and I've learned, okay, here's the benefits in being a very strategic person. Man, I can get a lot accomplished in a week. I can um, help people navigate and organize how they spend their day. However, there's a downside to being strategic. I can become so strategic that I lose sight of people's emotions, being flexible, recognizing, wait, when COVID comes, your strategies fall apart. Right. Right. And then as a result, I have a tendency to get frustrated and patient. Well, well, that's not a good use of God making me strategic. Okay. Sure. And so I've got to say, okay, here are the beauties of how God has gifted me. Here are the downsides. And I'm going to be aware of those things and where those can lead to sin and not, as you guys point out, loving God and loving others. But then I'm also going to say, okay, here's where these things can lead me to love God and love others. And, and so, you know, um, <laughs> em- embracing... When I look at myself in the mirror, okay, this is the way God's made me. And, and there are some things we can change, right? I mean, because we're sure. called to honor God with our bodies. So I gained 10 pounds as a result of COVID. I mean, I... You're I, not alone in that, I, my friend. I, I got, I got my... I got you my, haven't hit the COVID-19 yet. I had my COVID-19 <laughs> that turned into 10. I... I and, and because I couldn't exercise. Well, okay. What does it look like to honor God with my body? Maybe it's not losing 10 pounds, but for during COVID, I could not get out and exercise. I had to get back out there and exercise, right? Right. Because they've demonstrated, look, taking care of yourself physically includes exercise. Okay, so I'm going to love God by doing that. If I lose the 10 pounds, great. If I gain 10 more, I may have a problem because I don't like to buy new clothes. <laughs> but <laughs> I hear you. <laughs> I, I, but we, we have to step back and say, okay, these are the ways God's created us. What is the way to glorify God emotionally, mentally, physically, spiritually, and socially in light of who I have been created? And the reality is, is that Jesus is perfect, and not everybody liked Jesus. Right. In fact, there are some folks that just flat yeah. out hated him, and this guy does nothing wrong. Mm. So to have even that expectation of, okay, my identity is found in people liking me, well, that's going to create problems for you. No, your identity is, here's how God's created me. I've got to step back and say, here are the blessings of that. Here are some drawbacks. I'm going to be aware of those and then interact emotionally, mentally, physically, spiritually, socially in line of that and say, you know what? You know, hanging out with Drew and, oh, sorry, Drew and, and, and Rob, and these guys want to hang out with me. I'm going to love them. I got a couple other people who I picked on on Sunday, Patrick and Jimmy. They may not want to hang out with me ever <laughs> again, but having said that, I can still love them, and he, they may not, right. we, we may not be friends, and my identity and who I believe God wants me to be can't be adjusted because of appealing to Jimmy and Pat. Yeah. Trick. Right. Yep. Yep. You got it. That was good. You know, I want to, and it's so good, Matt. And I think that makes so much sense. And I think there's so much freedom in saying I can be the person God's created me 
me to be. But I, I want to press in with with one more question on this. Let's you know, let's say when it comes to those areas in our life that we struggle with sin and we struggle with certain temptations and we're all wired differently and those sins can look different. Uh, but I take it, let's, for example, use someone who maybe they have an addictive personality and they just continue to be, to be drawn into to alcohol, um, drug use, those kind of things. Or, um, you know, and, and that, that could play out in many different ways. For an individual to say, okay, wh where is that, really that balance between mm. the thought that God has created me this way it, to balance that with the fact that yes, but I also am broken and live in a broken world because of sin. And now sin has pulled, you know, I have these sinful desires that pull me in a certain direction. How do I balance that to be proud and, and have freedom in who God created me to be, but yet to seek who God wants me to be that may be counter to some of the desires I have because of sin. Yeah. yeah. So first of all, before I, respond to a couple things there and if I don't dress them all Drew just just say something I, I am not a psychologist nor would uh, uh, any of you want me to be um, and and my <laughs> wife likes to remind me of that also <laughs> that's, what they do. that's what they because do best right? again I yeah I one of my the guys I hang out with at, at CCU he is a psych prof and he is more grace driven and I am more truth driven and I find that First of all, for me, foundationally, I have to hang out with some grace people to help me live in the beauty of a life that pursues both grace and truth. That's a pro tip right there, Rob. So um, that recognize, okay, I am more truth driven. Boy, there's some great benefits. There's some big downsides to that. So I have to sit back and say, okay, um, help me navigate some of these things from uh, the grace perspective. So just foundationally, I think that's pretty key. No, that's good. But having said that, um, I, I have to remember that there is no condemnation in Christ. Um, that if you've placed your faith in Jesus Christ and, and in him alone, then, all right, there you are not consequence-free from sin. However, you're condemnation-free mm. from sin. And I think there's a pretty big distinction there. That's right. And so what, what happens from my perspective, uh, and again, I could be wrong on this, um, but from my perspective, if we can understand this tension between or this balance between grace and truth, say, okay, there's no condemnation in Christ. However, the truth is, is that if you love me, you obey my commands, okay? I positionally can know, okay, there's no condemnation. There's no sense in me beating myself up because of this thing that I've done, this things I've struggled with. So I can say, okay, there's no condemnation here. However, as Christ is working in and through my life, as I am interacting with people uh, who can either hold me accountable or uh, will walk alongside me um, as I wrestle through these things, um, there is that lack of condemnation, but it is not without consequence. And so, therefore, I really want the redemptive work of Christ mm. to change those things. So, um, I, I've heard that uh, once you're an alcoholic, you're an alcoholic for all your life. But that doesn't mean you have to act on it. Right. You are saying, okay, this is something I'm going to struggle with for the rest of my life. So, I need to have some things in place. Maybe spending time with God. Having some people in the Holy Spirit. Not having some things access to that results in yeah. helping me overcome that 
other thing too, and I don't, I don't know if we'll get into this, but um, well, first of all, is that address maybe not answer, but address at no, least what really you're saying? That's really good. Okay, yeah, that's that's really good, Matt. I think that you know there's that tension, and of course, when when sin. Uh, we have a habit of beating ourselves up over the head over and over when we have those sins that we just, they seem to represent themselves or they seem to sneak back in. Right. And knowing that, yes, what an amazing truth that there is no condemnation when you are in Christ. But yet that there is this obedience factor where, call, that where Jesus calls us to be people that are seeking after him and, and are you know, uh, conforming to his image. We want to look more like Jesus tomorrow right. than I do today. Um, you know, we have, th I think it, that element of, of truth and grace is, is a fantastic way to say it because we're on, you know, this journey where yep. we're trying to become more like Christ, but we need God's spirit to work in and through us to do so. Yeah. And, and again, it, it doesn't rely, it's, it's not solely you. I, I just, huh, I, uh, I am more and more convinced that you're not designed to do life on your own. Uh, hey, I, I mean, the Holy Spirit, totally agree. Holy Spirit is important. Scripture is important, but I, I just... I think there's a good possibility that God has designed all of us with a two to four things that help us say, you know what? I need other people in yeah. community. Need the church. That's right. And the church community in the church to simply walk alongside me as a reminder um, that well, I'm not designed to do this by myself. Yeah. Amen. And um, That's so it, it, from my experience on Sunday and interacting with Rob and Drew, it, it sounds like uh, Forefront is a place that cares about that. So praise God for that. Thanks for all you guys' work yeah, there. Well, thank you, brother. So then like, so when the grace and truth part's an interesting, like where it's, it's there, there's a tension between the two there, you know, where you got to give people grace, but there's also truth. Like how have you found in life where you can kind of, you know, if someone's clearly, I guess part of it is also knowing where they're at and knowing the person is like, because I like the renew, uh, growing and renewing your mind, transforming, being in the scripture, following Jesus, reading more. But when people are just, you know, they're st struggling in those areas, whether like alcoholism and stuff like that, what are, what are things maybe you brought up to people to help them out? How would you encourage like those practical tips? Yeah, that's a good, good question. And, and again, I, I'm sure Drew, you guys have some things in place that I can't speak to, to help people navigate this. Um, but having said that, uh, uh, I would encourage you first of all, to read, I'm forgetting the author's name, but it is a real short book. It's like 80 pages. It's called the grace and truth paradox where, um, the grace and truth paradox, the guy communicates and, and, uh, Drew might be able to look that up for me. Um, he communicates, look, Randy Alcorn. There you go. Randy Alcorn's grace and truth paradox. We'll link it in the show notes. It okay. is, it's, it really helps you think through the need for the other. In other words, grace and truth have to be working in conjunction. And I forget how he quotes it, but he said, you know, without grace, um, Without truth, I'll say it like this, without truth, there's really no need for the gospel because nobody does anything wrong, right? If there's not a standard of truth, oh, yeah. right, then, then you do not sin. You don't do anything wrong. And so, therefore, there's no need for someone to die on a cross for humankind's sins. However, without grace in the gospel, and again, I forget how he words it exactly, but without grace, then 
you feel the complete burden of, of truth. You're like, well, there's no way that I could ever experience the goodness of God mm. and him be willing to accept me in light of the good news of the gospel. And so they're both Amen. extremely necessary. And so I think <laughs> when, when, I'm, when I'm navigating this, I'm sorry, I do not think, I'll, I'll say it like this, um, if you are not willing to speak truth to someone, now admittedly, you've got to be discerning when, how, where to do it. I mean, even Matthew 7 there talks about don't cast pearls before swine, and that's in the context of taking the plank out of your eye mm-hmm. before going to address the, the, uh, the speck out of the other individuals, Okay. You got to be discerning how and when you do that. But I think a person is not showing grace, is not showing kindness if they're not willing to speak truth. Right. Yeah. And what we've done is we've said grace. Well, I'm just grace means I'm going to let a person do whatever the heck they want. And Paul in Romans chapter six. Romans chapter 6 says, what shall we say then? Shall we sin all the more so that grace may abound? And Paul there, using the strongest double negative he possibly can without cursing, says, no. <laughs> may that it never is, be. That's right. May it never be. And, and, and that, <laughs> um, he says, that's a misunderstanding of grace. Grace drives you to want to pursue the truth. Truth drives you to want to pursue the understanding of grace. I don't think that they're separable. And that's that grace and truth paradox. And, what again, we as a society says, well, man, you just need to show me some grace. Well, actually, I'm showing you grace. I'm showing you unmerited favor by taking the time to say, hey, Rob, you're not loving your wife well right now. Now again, you want to say it differently and all that, but 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 that's the essence. I mean, that why aren't we communicating that that's an act yeah. of grace? Right. For Drew to come to me and say, "Hey Matt, I noticed that how you were speaking to your son on Sunday morning was uh, look, can we talk about that?" I got to understand, here's a guy that cares enough about showing me unmerited favor and he sees this big huge blind spot in my life. That was actually an act of grace and truth. Yeah. So that's um, good. So good. There, there, there's some principles there, um, but those are overarching. Is is living in that? I think the freedom of grace and truth combined. Yeah. Yeah, that's really good. You know, I think of what Paul says in you know Colossians four about you know just letting our speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt. Right. So you know we're just you're you're. In that paradox, it's such a great way of saying that. You know, I'm using both grace and truth together, but I'm doing it in such a way where I can speak to your heart. I'm not offending you, but I'm, I'm speaking truth to you. But with that truth, I'm coming to you with grace. I just lo- I love how you said that. I think that's beautiful. Yeah, and I think, again, I, yeah, I, I think we need to oh, stop it. Stop hitting the mic. My bad. Uh, my bad. Uh, I, I can't have nice things, Drew. We, 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 we've got to be really wise. But even, even Jesus does, Matthew 15, he offends the Pharisees. Yeah, he does. So, I, and again, I don't, I don't have all this figured out. Um, just ask my students and my family. <laughs> but we, we, we have to say grace and truth are not separate. Mm. They're together. And, and, and unfortunately, 
unfortunately the truth is offensive in many times. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's good. Really good. And what would you define it? What do, what do you find people's defining the truth? Like, I'm not following that question, Rob. Help me out here. I'm trying to, I'm trying to lead in a, a Jesus answer, if that helps. Because didn't Jesus say, I am the truth? Oh, yeah. Jesus says, uh, John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. It, it's interesting. I think back to um, Pilate and um, his interaction with Jesus there in the Gospel of John when he asked Jesus, what is truth? And that's probably one of the most important questions that a person can ask. Mm. And what do you do with that? And, and I think I'm stealing from Oz Guinness here. Uh, he says, uh, truth is that which corresponds to reality from God's perspective. Right. And uh, again, scripture, I think, makes us aware of the Holy Spirit makes us aware of I'm sure Pastor Drew makes us aware of what is true from God's perspective. And that's where some of this identity conflict comes in, in, in my in my humble opinion, is that we have become a society that evaluates what's true based on feeling and we've narrowed it down to one thing rather than saying, okay, really there, there should be three to four tests of discerning what is real. And we've elevated feeling to it being God rather than saying, okay, here's how we discern what's true. We look at external evidence. We do look at internal evidence, how we respond. What's the real world application of this and are we able to state logically this and, and we use these other evidences to support this are we able to state logically this line of, of truth and scripture would again speak to the truth of here's who you are physically emotionally you're fearfully and wonderfully made are you going to live in the the truth of that and pursue that or are you are you going to follow your feelings and I don't know about you guys, but I know my, my feelings can be quite off sometimes. Mm, yeah. <laughs> I think when people work, people. Look, That's also true. Yeah. When, <laughs> when people, uh, you know, base truth on their feelings, I kind of see it as like they, they're worshiping themselves because yeah. they're creating God in their image. Or you're defining, defining your own truth. Instead of being in God's image, yeah. they're, you know, they're trying to make God in their image. Yeah. Well, again, I think Romans 1 is, is reinforcing what you're saying there, Paul. I mean, excuse me, Paul is saying there, uh, Rob, when he says, look, folks are guilty of exchanging the truth of God for a lie. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'll just give you a quick example. Um, I, I love my wife. She is phenomenal. Uh, Rob, you know her. Drew, you, you met her this past weekend. She, she's great. But there's a place that we like to go on a walk, and um, it's, it's just really nice. It's around a lake, but there's this hill, right? For some reason, there's just something fundamentally wrong with me. There are days whenever I'm walking down this hill, we haven't been in an argument. I just, I just as we're walking by this hill, I just want to push her <laughs> off the walk so that she'll roll down the hill just so I'll see what that's like. I mean, it'd be pretty funny. Get right. it on video. I mean, oh yeah, it'd be great. Okay. I don't think it's funny at all, guys. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, Rob. And Samantha says thank you. So, but here's the thing. Brownie points. Just because I feel that doesn't mean I should do it. Right. 
And I have a lot of erroneous feelings during a day. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. And so, but, but what we've done is say, okay, because I feel it, then it must be good. It must be true. It must, no. You've got to allow those feelings. And while feelings are important, right, they've got to even be conformed to, okay, well, what's the truth? God says you're fearfully and wonderfully made. You're a yeah. provident creation by him. And as a result, are you going to live in the truth so that that presents freedom? Or are you going to continue to fight who God's created you to be? Yeah, that's good. You know, one of the reasons I love hanging out with you, Matt, is you just ooze theology. And I <laughs> like to hang out with theology guys because I think it's so good. It helps expand our perspectives. And so thank you for that. So good. And just thinking about life from a different angle. Um, you know, thinking about some a- application here. As we look at okay. one, Psalm 139 and we talk about finding our identity in, 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 in Christ. Um, we know that God, has, God is the one that's created us. God has formed our inward parts and we're wonderfully and fearfully made. But how does that play itself out? How does our identity in Christ change the way we live ultimately? Yeah, I think, first of all, it gives you, I, for me, I should say, it, it gives me great confidence. Yeah. Uh, okay. Absolutely. This, I mean, Amen. okay, this, this is who God's created me to be. Yeah. Um, second of all, it shifts from me worrying about what other people think mm. to what God says is true. Of That's me. good. That's so good. Now, again, I think Paul, he says, you know, we, we, there, there is an element. He says, I become all things to all men for the point of the gospel. And I think we may have taken that too far to where, okay, we're going to water down the message. We're going to make things a little too simplistic. Or we're not going to expose folks to the truth that uh, God is not just love, but he's also just. God's not just uh, gracious, but he's also righteous, etc. Um, but having said that, it, 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 <laughs> stepping back and saying, okay, wait a minute. If my identity is found in what God says I am and who God says I am, <laughs> then I can live in the freedom of that. Mm. Amen. Right? If, if, if God says, Matt, I've given you a sense of humor, he, use it. Yeah, be, now, be yourself. I've got to use it well. <laughs> right. I've got to be wise with it. But doggone, be funny. Yeah, that's right. Um, now, that assumes some people think I'm funny. But, uh, you know, if God has said, look, I created you with the ability to get up in front of people and teach. All right, let's live in the freedom of that. Hmm. If I have given you the ability to sit in a room, my dissertation advisor can sit and research nine hours a day. I, I just don't understand that. <laughs> I, he can sit in a nine hours and he can just research. He can even, you know, skip meals. Well, live in the freedom and joy of that. Yeah, right. Right. And then and, Absolutely. And, and, and figure out, okay, what does that look like in light of who God's made me? Mm. Without the expense of losing your family and losing, you know, not yeah. interacting with the church community, et cetera. But yeah. what does that look like? And, and, and yeah, it, it's so much more fun when when you can step back and say, okay, I love the way that God's made me. Yeah, that's so good. Well, I love you keep coming back to freedom. You know, when, when you live in an environment where you're constantly comparing yourself to other people, which let's be honest, we live in a world where we, it, you know, it's, it's um, 
flashbulb. I mean, yeah. instant gratification. You know, everybody, you flip on your phone and it's the best day of everybody you're coming across. It's the best day of their life and you're having a really terrible day. You know, it, you just, it sucks the life out of you when you're living in this, I'm trying to compete with everybody else to be the best. But that freedom that you keep coming back to, I, I, I'm I free to be the person I am in Christ. Yeah. I don't have to compare myself to other people anymore. I don't have to try to be better than this person or that because for one, I know I'm loved by God. There's no, as you said earlier, there's no now no condemnation. I can be who I am to be. I can strive to become the better, ver- the best version of myself. But I don't have to compare myself to to others anymore and have that that joy sucked from me. I can live in the joy of who right. God's created me to be. And I, I will say, it's it, I think it's okay to step back and say, Hey, look, um, there's a guy at CCU. There's several folks at CCU, guys and men and women that teach better than I do. I think it's okay for me to go and say, Okay, these are some things I can learn from them. Sure. These are some things that, man, they do well, and I, I want to aspire to, but not at the expense of saying, okay, there are some things that prophet can do mm-hmm. that I can't. I'm going to be okay with that. Yeah, right. I, I'm going to acknowledge, but I'm also going to be open to be, to learning too. So yeah, I just yeah. want to throw that in there because I'm not sure I've, I've been clear enough on that. Yeah, no, that's good. That's so good. Yeah, no, there's, there's room for everybody. It's one of those where... You know, your success doesn't take away from my success or Drew's success. It's that, you know, God's given you enough, all of us enough with what we need and what, we're, you know, what he trusted us with that, you know, we may want, I think it's sometimes our, you know, our selfish desires or we're wanting more than what we should have or yeah. what God's willing to trust us with. Well, I got to admit, I, I, I really want Jimmy's beard, but that's not yeah, going to happen. So, me too. He's got the Billy Gibbons. He's top beard. That's right. If, if you if, focus harder, Matt, that's right. I think you can. That's right. What you got to do is, yeah. this is what you do every morning. This is what you should do. Go oh, stand man. in the mirror. That's going to. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that, that's a good tip. Well, I will say, though, in that same idea, because of this freedom that we can have and who we are in Christ and the enjoyment of who God's created me to be, I can, you can look at a guy like Jimmy and say, Jimmy, that's a fantastic that is, beard. I'm going to praise right. God for that beard. Right. Well, and again, and that's, and, and I think that's the point that we really haven't got to talk about is look, if you understand this, you're going to spend less time comparing and more time encouraging saying, right. man, I can see how Drew is creating the image of God fearfully and wonderfully. I can see how Rob is. I can see how Samantha, Rob's wife is court. And and, and and Courtney and Drew's wife, and I can I can step back and appreciate that other person now because I'm not so concerned about comparing, but I'm right. saying, wow, man, look look at look at how awesome this person not only is but also can be if they pursue mm. what it means to be like Christ, and 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 man, that can bring you freedom to to relationship and conversation. Yeah. there, man, it's, that's one of those things. Like I, I used to coach basketball, and it's one of those things I love right. seeing in guys because you could. As a coach, you're trying to see like what they can be and get them to where they right. could be. Right. And one of the biggest, one of the greatest joys as a coach, or probably as a teachers or pastors, when you see people, you know, reaching their potential or going on the path right. towards their potential. Absolutely. And I'd say the opposite is about just about true. Is when you see someone that has great potential and they're flushing it away, it is just disheartening to yep. watch. Yeah. It's hard to watch. It's yeah. you're going. And that's where, you know, with grace and truth, you're trying to go into how do I tell this person, like, hey, you're flushing your life away and you have so much to live for. Yeah. And I think it just circles back to the importance of finding your identity and who God has made you to be ye and in Christ and what he's done for you. Yeah, I think it's Neil Anderson has a book called Stomping Out the Darkness. I think, I don't know if you're familiar with that one. Um, I don't think I've read that one. But that one deals a lot with uh, identity in Christ. It came out more as a college high school book but it, it really has some pretty good i think they've updated it to include more of a an adult 
uh, component. Um, but I found that one pretty compelling because it gave a list of passages to say, okay, here's what, here's what God, through his word, is saying about how incredible you are. Let, let's accept and live in the freedom of that so that you can do a better job of loving others and responding to mm. the greatness of who God is. Yeah. I think it's stomping out the yeah. darkness. We'll put that in the show notes too. <laughs> Perfect. So. Yeah, that's good. Matt, well, before we let you go, is there anything else you want to, do we leave, do we miss anything? Oh man, this, th- there's no way we can cover this topic entirely, but. Um, oh, we, 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 a whole semester of podcasts. Then, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this is a huge issue. And um, I think if we, realize and and recognize look we're fearfully wonderfully made and it's not just us but it's those around us uh it it really doesn't matter what color you are um what sex you are the gospel will transform your life and can transform your life so that you can love god and love others amen and love yourself and uh, it is available to, to all of us by the grace of God. Amen. Well, Matt, I know uh, the Forefront family loved interacting with you on Sunday. If Thank people you. want to interact with you online or catch up with you, how, how can they how can they connect with you? That's a good question. I uh, I don't Facebook, Instagram. I don't do. Uh, I have a Facebook account, but I try to stay off. I'm not good with social media. Um, that's a good question. I don't how know. about this? If we get questions, we'll have have there an email go. or life at Forefront Church. Uh, dot TV, and if we get some questions for you, we'll forward them along. Yeah, there. that sounds good. How about you filter those for me for right now? Absolutely. I've not, I've not made myself very uh, public yet. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, well, you're, well, you're just building steam. <laughs> <laughs> you're te- a couple dozen more podcasts, and you'll be ready to go. You got, you're teaching. You got, you know, anywhere from four to seven classes a semester. Yeah. You got, a, you got enough to worry about before connecting with everybody. Before we let you go, Matt, can we pray for you? Out loud? Absolutely. Is it to the triune God? Absolutely. Okay, then we're good. Yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> hey, but speaking of prayer with God, I always like, it's one of those, like, you hear certain people who go, like, Heavenly Father, I'm one of those God, like, hey, God, guys. That's fun. But sometimes I always think it's, like, almost like a improper pronoun. It's like, hey, dude. Yo, yo Jesus. <laughs> it's kind of, it feels that way sometimes, but you're like, so, but that's just in my head. So, all right. God, thank you for Matt. Thank you for all he's done to get to where he's at. Thank you that... Uh, always learn so we can share it with other people to help people learn more about you and grow in you and kingdom build and all this. So we thank you for Matt. We thank you for his family. We thank you for all the support you've put in his life to get him to this point. And we pray and we're excited for what you're going to do in his life moving forward. And thank you for all he's given us. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Well, thank hey, you, Matt, it's been so good to be with you. And for those listening today, if you find yourself in Southwest Denver, we'd love to see you at Forefront Church for more info. Check us out at ForefrontChurch.tv. Thanks for joining us here on the Forefront Church Podcast. Jesus, be big in our lives, in our church, and in our world. God bless.